welcome back to the fifth down fantasy podcast this is the 18th episode of the season and today we are talking about fantasy football league winners these are our simply favorite players to draft in fantasy football this year guys that we think are going to explode and be the guys that are going to be on the most championship fantasy football rosters of any players in all fantasy football got a lot of bunch of guys to talk about today and I think that we just might as well jump right into it because this is probably my favorite episode besides my guys. It's the league winners. Ben, we're here. We're talking fantasy football. Let's go to you first. Who is your first league winner that you're dying to talk about? Easiest league winner this year. Stop sleeping on Chris Olave. Simply put, Derek Carr's number one target has finished top five at his position in four out of the last five seasons. And the only exception to that, Alex, is Hunter Renfro in 2021, where he finished as the wide receiver nine. So five out of the five last seasons, he's supported a top uh, 10 player at their position. From week two onward last season, Chris Olave had a target on 29.1% of his routes run. And for context, that was how many Devontae Adams had all of last season. That only ranked third behind Tyree Kill and Amon Ross St. Brown. And Olave ranked top 12 in fantasy points per route run. He was within 0.04 points of Justin Jefferson and Waddle and 0.01 points less than Jamar Chase. He had more than Devontae Smith, DeAndre Hopkins, and DK Metcalf. He found himself as the wide receiver one on the team with the third fewest pass attempts per game. And now he's going to have no problem sustaining those same numbers, but better in a higher pace offense with Derek Carr, who was on the team with the seventh most pass attempts last season. Yeah, I think that I am all in on Chris Olave. If you didn't take him, I was going to put him on my list. I love me some Chris Olave. One of seven rookie wide receivers to put up over a 2.25 yards per route run. Every other player to do that finished as a top seven fantasy wide receiver in their second year. The other guy that made this list last year was Christian Watson. Also made that elite list where every single player has finished top seven in fantasy football in their second year. Christian Watson was also the number one player in fantasy points per route last year. Every other player in the top 10 of that stat is now being drafted as the wide receiver 11 or better. He was also one of 16 wide receivers to be targeted in over 25% of his routes. And over the second half of last season, the only players with more fantasy points than him were Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and CeeDee Lamb. Elite company and Christian Watson and Jordan Love are getting a ton of hype in camp. This is the most positive news we could possibly hear on Jordan Love day in, day out. I am all in on Chris Olave. Ben, you better be too. I'm in on Chris Olave. I'm in on Christian Watson between two of those guys. Do you have a, a strong preference? Ooh, I would be taking Christian Watson at cost just because uh, Chris Olave is going like a couple rounds earlier. But I, I'm not kidding when I say this. I think that they're going to be two of my five most drafted wide receivers in all of fantasy football, even though they have a high ADP. But what about, what about you as the next guy for you that you think could be a massive league winner this year? I think everybody is kind of forgetting how good Saquon Barkley is and nearly every single decision that the New York Giants made this offseason was to improve the offense. I mean, just, just listen to this disgusting group of wide receivers that they signed for this offseason. Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. They re-signed Isaiah Hodgins, drafted Jalen Hyatt, traded for Darren Waller. I mean, a lot of those names kind of make me... Mm, 
I'm not thrilled about it, but it's all in the name of they just paid Daniel Jones how much money? They are trying to build an incredible stellar offense around him, and they drafted John Michael Schmitz to improve one of the, not one of the worst, but maybe one of the worst middle offensive lines last season. Saquon Barkley had the fifth most routes and fifth highest team target share last year among running backs. The big problem with him was his efficiency, his yards per reception, 5.9 yards. That ranked in the bottom quartile. And for, like, comparison, you know, uh, David Montgomery, Brees Hall, Tony Pollard all had more than nine yards per reception. So last year, Saquon's least efficient year as a receiver in the NFL. He should, with all of these offensive improvements, regress to his career average. And we know how good he is on the ground as a rusher. In my eyes, He's being drafted about where he should be, but I think he is going to absolutely exceed those expectations and be a league winner for your teams this year. Yeah, again, I'm a Saquon Barkley guy as well. The, the point that you know people point to is the efficiency, but like you said, the efficiency is only going to get better because of where it was last year. Only competition is still Matt Breida and Eric Gray, who are not going to pose much of a competition. I would still expect Saquon to be a top five running back in terms of snap share. He was top five in expected fantasy points. And speaking of guys with a lot of expected fantasy points, how about James Conner? Number 12 among all running backs in expected fantasy points. He has been a top 10 running back in points per game in back-to-back years. Top 25 in points per game for five straight years yet he still goes the running back 28 in drafts. His only competition is sixth-round rookie last year, Keontae Ingram, Corey Clement, who's had a career high of 90 touches, and Tyson Williams, whose last NFL regular season carry was in October of 2021. It has been a long time. Oh, well, Kyler Murray's out. Well, how about the fact that James Conner has been the number one running back in fantasy football points per game in games where Kyler Murray is out? Volume is king in fantasy football. Last thing you need to know, James Conner is going to see at least 16 touches per game last this year. And every player to do that since 2000, of those players, 300 of them, every single one has been a top 20 running back in fantasy football points per game. Only 4% of them miss it. I am all in on James Conner this year. As soon as we started putting together the show sheet for this episode, I knew for a fact James Conner was off the table for me because he's your guy. You've been talking about him all offseason. And I think the one thing that's kind of held me back, and you've kind of convinced me otherwise, is that when you say that James Conner has been so good, even without Kyler Murray, a lot of that is going to be because of all of the touchdowns that he was scoring over the last two seasons. And I think that this is probably going to be the worst team in the NFL next season, probably going to score one of the bottom three numbers of touchdowns. Try and everybody who might be hearing for the first time why you're in on James Conner, why they don't necessarily need to be worried about the touchdown upside. Yeah, it's purely just a, a numbers point. I mean, he has averaged over 18 touches per game the last two years. And of running backs to see at least 16 touches per game over the course of a full season, 96% of them finish as top 20 running backs. And right now he's going as the running back 27. So he's pretty much automatically off of volume going to be a top 20 running back the only problem is is he going to stay healthy but he's also missed four or less games in five out of his last six seasons yes he's going to miss a couple games but he still plays the majority of the season every single year don't forget to draft him yeah james connor is somebody who while i don't think he's the sexy pick there's no doubt that he rb 27 that is well below his floor i think he has top 24 upside easily and maybe not a top five upside like this next guy who it's Cooper Cup. 
I think that for the 50% of you who are drafting in like the first six spots of your league, there is not a wide receiver I would be taking before Cooper Cup. Not Justin Jefferson, not Jamar Chase. Cooper Cup is my wide receiver one. And here's why he should be yours. He is the wide receiver that led wide receivers by three points per game in 2021. And then last year, he led all wide receivers again before he got hurt outscoring Justin Jefferson by two and a half points per game. So why is he the fifth overall pick? Why is he the wide receiver three when he is the undisputed wide receiver one when healthy? Which, by the way, if you're concerned about his health, he got shut down last year. He was able to return at the end of the season, but the season was over. Why bring him back? He is healthy. And I know that not everybody out there is going to be able to go out and draft Cooper Cup in every single one of their leagues. But if he does stay healthy, he is going to have a 30% or higher target share because no other Rams wide receiver is even being drafted consistently in the top 15 rounds on ESPN. Ben Skronik and Van Jefferson, those are the only two names a casual NFL fan might recognize. They are not going drafted in a standard ESPN draft. Because they're not being drafted, do you worry about Cooper Cup getting shut down again? Is there, is there any chance that, that happens if they're saying we're paying him you know, as much as anybody? Uh, at the wide receiver position they we are on not in playoff contention if this team's going to be really bad again like I think again when Cooper Cup's playing he's going to be really great but do you worry about him getting shut down for a second season in a row I'm not worried about him getting shut down I think if anything the Rams are just going to start tanking and we know that Sean McVay has an affinity to make really big trades even if the media kind of flames him for it so maybe Cooper Cup gets traded sure fine probably not I realistically think that Matt Stafford, this might be one of his last seasons. I think he is probably going to hang up the cleats between some of his personal issues, not to mention his own health issues. So we know that Matt Stafford's healthy. Last year during preseason and OTAs, he wasn't even throwing. And this year he's already participating. So I do think that Matt Stafford has something that he thinks is worth fighting for, and that's finishing out his career. Not much left uh, gas in the tank. I think Cooper Cup is primed for a huge, big number one wide receiver season. I think another guy that could vault into that top five this year is, is Calvin Ridley right now, going outside the top 15 wide receivers. And he's playing with Trevor Lawrence, who did absolutely nothing but elevate the guys around him last year. Christian Kirk was the wide receiver 11. Zay Jones, wide receiver 26. Evan Ingram, tight end five. Career highs for all those guys. And I think that Ridley is going to join that group. He was a top five wide receiver the last time we saw him for a full season. And no player outside of maybe Justin Fields has received more training camp hype than Calvin Ridley. Even the videos that we've seen in practice, he's clearly just moving at a different speed compared to everybody else. But he also compares very favorably with Trevor Lawrence. Jordan Vanek of the 33rd team pointed out that 60% of Trevor Lawrence's college passing touchdowns came on the corner, post, and vertical routes. And that's where Calvin Ridley has scored 54% of his NFL touchdowns. Don't forget, there are over 10 different route combinations. And those guys have each scored their touchdowns and more than 50% of them. They're going to link up for a lot more this season. I am all in on Calvin Ridley knocking, on the, knocking off the rust very early and coming back to the guy that we knew. There is a video of him I saw last week running next to Zay Jones, where Zay Jones looks like a football player. And then Calvin Ridley looks like this ancient spartan man running possessed he must like it looks like somebody hit fast forward in the movie 300 
I talked about Calvin Ridley on our uh, Dark Horses episode where I had said that uh, the average finish for the top target earning wide receiver on a top 10 team in pass attempts has finished on average as the wide receiver seven um, over the last uh, five years. And I think that's Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley, he is going way too low. And the thing about fantasy football is you need to embrace uncertainty. Yeah, the reason he's going that late is because we don't know if he's going to be able to knock off that rust. But he looks good. He looks like he is the best wide receiver in that room right now for Jacksonville. I don't think we have to worry about him. I am with you. He is going to probably finish as a top 12 wide receiver. Anything else on Calvin Ridley, Alex? Yeah, I think just the fact that Trevor Lawrence heading into his third year, like he elevated all those guys last year in just year two of the NFL, another year in Doug Peterson's offense, another year in the NFL. He is only going to get better, and I think that Calvin Ridley is going to be a big beneficiary of that. On my daughter's name, if I'm healthy with Trevor Lawrence, I'm giving Jacksonville 1,400 yards a season, period. That is my guy, Calvin Ridley. My next league winner is J.K. Dobbins. And forget J.K. Dobbins as a rusher for a second. Let's talk about his receiving upside because 2019, Todd Monken, who's the new offensive coordinator for the Ravens, Kareem Hunt, he had over 36 receiving yards per game. That is a five-point floor and half-point PPR formats from receiving alone. And last year, Kenny McIntosh in Georgia, he had over 500 receiving yards. J.K. Dobbins, Double-digit routes per game when he's healthy. He averaged 14 per game in 2020. And now this offense wants to pass more with so many talented wide receivers to spread uh, the ball to. Dobbins should see his yards per reception increase a ton. And we already know that he's going to see some volume through the air. Now, as a rusher is a whole different story. I don't think I need to sell anybody as Dobbins on a rusher. But as a rusher, nearly six yards per rush on 92 carries, 99th speed or 99th percentile speed in 40 yard dash and lastly last season 11 percent of Dobbins carries went for at least 15 yards that was the third highest rate in the entire league he's going to do it through the air he's going to do it through the ground J.K. Dobbins is going to win you leagues do you worry about the fact there's been one top 20 running back with a Lamar Jackson offense I know Todd Monken's going to completely change it but there's been one top 20 running back with Lamar and then on top mm-hmm. of that, J.K. Dobbins right now is having contract issues or injury issues right now in the pup. Like, there's a lot of things that seem to be going wrong, and maybe that just means you're going to be buying his price as it goes down in drafts. I think that there's no way J.K. Dobbins is a true holdout like Josh okay. Jacobs. I think J.K. Dobbins is a little bit of a different situation. So the holdout doesn't concern me. You had mentioned that there hasn't been a top 20 running back under Lamar Jackson with the exception of Mark Ingram. And while I totally hear that, I talked a little bit about this last week on our busts episode on why I'm not that high or I'm high on Lamar Jackson, but as the quarterback four, I just don't think so because I think he is going to let his guys make the plays this year. And that's going to be JK Dobbins on the ground. That is going to be JK Dobbins through the air. That is going to be all these guys. And I think that, This offense is going to look like we've never seen a Lamar Jackson offense look before if what we're hearing is true. And if that's the case, I want a guy who has proven to be one of the most efficient runners and one of the most efficient receivers when healthy. I love J.K. Dobbins. If he stays healthy, he is going to win leagues. Yeah, my guy is Rashad White is the other, you know, league winning running back that I definitely am targeting in all my fantasy football drafts. I mean, I put out a lot the stats. I don't think people are hearing it enough. The fact that he led his draft class in PFF receiving grade 
and he is also the best pass-catching running back on the Bucks by far. And Baker Mayfield last year led the NFL in throwing two running backs at the percentage of 29%. He's also been above average every single year in the league at throwing two running backs. But my favorite stat, courtesy of Scott Barrett, is the fact that Rashad White is one of five power five running backs in college to put up 90 plus rushing yards and 40 plus receiving yards over the course of a whole season. The other four running backs to do that are Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, and Joe Mixon. All those running backs finished top five at some point in their fantasy football career. The second year for running backs is the biggest breakout year. Over 50% of running backs first top 12 season comes in their second year. I think Rashad White will join that list in 2023. I love Rashad White this year. I think that there are he's one of those guys that if you take a risk on him, it is bound to pay off. I've mentioned that Baker Mayfield is somewhat of a running back whisperer. It does not matter that Baker Mayfield is going to be his quarterback when Baker Mayfield has played with some elite running backs like Kareem Hunt, Christian McCaffrey. We saw him with Nick Chubb. We saw Cam Akers average over 100 rushing yards per game last year with Baker Mayfield. So stop sleeping on Baker Mayfield. Stop sleeping on this offense. Do you have any hesitations about Rashad White maybe not living up to his expectation because of this offense? No, right? Like there's no reason not to buy into this offense just because of the quarterback. Yeah, the only reason that people are fading him is just because they're like Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. But Baker Mayfield, all he has done is support top 12 running backs. We've talked about a ton in this podcast. We don't need to discuss it more. Everyone knows how much we both love Rashad White. But the second part of that is they have to make sure and go out and draft him. Yeah, Rashad White is going to definitely finish better than where he is being drafted right now. And the last guy who is going to finish better than where he is being drafted is my last league winner in Justin Herbert. I know everybody wants to grab one of those elite quarterbacks, but hear me out on Justin Herbert. If you are not able to get one of those, you know, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allens, there is a very real chance that Herbert leads the entire NFL in pass attempts because he had the second most last season. It was the team with the second highest pass rate in the NFL and the fourth highest pace of play. Second in pace of play? was the Cowboys, whose offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, is now the offensive coordinator of the Chargers. And with a healthy Dak Prescott, the Cowboys have also led the NFL in points per game in each of the last two seasons. So if this team is the team that passes the most and is the team that scores the most points, don't you want the quarterback of that team? For additional context, Herbert had three more attempts per game last season than Patrick Mahomes, but he scored that the team scored five fewer points per game. Let's say that they bridged the gap there. Herbert is going to be a top five quarterback, no doubt in my mind, and he's being drafted as the quarterback eight right now. Not to mention the Chargers pass catchers were dead last in average depth of target last season, and they just drafted Quinton Johnston, who we both love, and his 12.6 average depth of target led TCU players last season and was longer than any wide receiver last year. He should help open up the field for this offense. And he has uh, abilities to make this a legit number one offense. I think the, the biggest way to capture Justin Herbert from a fantasy football perspective is the fact he's played three seasons. He's finished as the QB nine QB two and QB 11, which means he is a locked in top 12 quarterback. And last year was the QB 11 with, you know, Mike Williams dealing with injuries, Keenan Allen missing half the season, and now they get all these guys back healthy. You add in a first-round wide receiver in Quentin Johnston, and then you get 
the offensive coordinator that has been top two in NFL pace each of the last three years. Justin Herbert, he's safe with QB1 overall upside. Another guy with QB1 overall upside is none other than Justin Fields, who was the QB3 in points per game from week six on last year. He was number one in fantasy points per snap. He finished as the quarterback seven last year and is now heading into his third year with DJ Moore. And if you want to put a bow or a cherry on top of all this with Justin Fields, it's the fact of his consistency. He finished as a top 10 fantasy quarterback in nine of his last 10 games. Consistency, he's getting some of those pass catching weapons back and he is only going to get better in his third year right now. He's going as the QB six for me. That tier of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, and Justin Fields is just absolutely elite for fantasy football. That is my favorite place to target quarterbacks right now. I think Justin Fields finishing as the QB1 is absolutely in his range of outcomes. I have no problem trying to build an entire team around him if I am missing out or not interested in any of those top three guys. He is probably the guy I am taking quarterback four behind the obvious big three. And then, yeah, there is that tier of Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields. Any other quarterbacks that you might be interested in putting in that tier, or is it those big three because they're all primed to make a big step forward on their rookie contract? I think that those are all guys that I really like. If I want to give one one sleeper at at the quarterback position to go after, it's probably Kirk Cousins for me. I mean, the fact that he has been the QB 13 or better in seven out of the last eight years, he's going as the QB 13 right now. And over that time, he's had three finishes in the top six. Dalvin Cook is gone. They're going to throw the ball even more, and they lost their top four cornerbacks on defense. Like This team is going to be down in a lot of games, and I think guys like Jordan Addison, Justin Jefferson, and TJ Hawkinson are going to be feasting in garbage time with Captain Kirk. I think that they're going to throw the ball a crap ton this year and and be really beneficial. Is there any other player for you that quarterback aside, it could be a quarterback, it could be any other position that is like a sleeper league winner that, that you want to talk about? The only other player that I was debating talking about was Rashad White. Um, But I do also think that I've talked quite a bit about how Joe Mixon and David Montgomery are both two veteran running backs who have finished top 13 or top 24 or better at their positions. And they are both in really great situations. Uh, Joe Mixon, who set a career high receptions last season, David Montgomery, who is on the best offense of his career. Those are two guys that I think I will have uh, as much exposure to them as possible because I think that they are league winners. I think another person that should also be brought up in this in this term of league winners discussion, and I know some people are going to absolutely hate this, but it's Deontay Johnson. I mean, he's put up 140 or more targets in three straight years. Why is that important? I know that everyone listening right now is saying, Kenny Pickett, he wasn't efficient. He didn't score touchdowns. That is fine. But since 2000, there have been 250 wide receivers to have 140 targets. Ben, 240 out of 250 finished as a top 24 wide receiver. And he's going as the wide receiver 29 right now. That is 24 out of every 25. That is a 96% chance to finish top 24. And he is going currently as the wide receiver 29 off volume alone. He should be great. One other thing out of that 250, 74% of those players to have over 140 targets finished as a top 12 wide receiver. Volume is king in fantasy football. And so is Deontay Johnson. 
Do you remember what we were saying before last season about Miles Sanders? Oh, he didn't score any touchdowns. Don't draft him. You know, zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns. And then look, he has his best uh, his best season ever. He had what eleven rushing touchdowns last season. Miles Sanders was being slept on like Deontay Johnson is being slept on. Don't worry about George Pickens. Don't worry about Pat Fryermuth. Deontay Johnson is the team's wide receiver one. Draft him like it. Like Alex said, ninety six percent of guys in a similar situation finished above wide receiver 24. He's going way too low. Yeah, Ben, and I think it is time, finally, for the stat of the week that people need to know in their fantasy football drafts. A lot of people I've been talking to are probably drafting in less than two weeks now. And the mm-hmm. number one thing that they need to know is that they should be drafting Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs in every single league possible. If you go back to 2013, Ben, that was 10 years ago that was a long time we were doing a lot different things than fantasy football 10 years ago and there have been eight running backs drafted in the top 12 players over that span every single one of them was the running back 11 or better in fantasy in their rookie year the worst finish ironically was christian mccaffrey at the running back 11 Bijan and gibbs are going to be rock stars for fantasy football when teams draft them that high they're meant to use them i can't get enough of them I think that that is something that you should be keeping in mind of. Again, David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, both great fantasy football draft targets. But that is it for our Fantasy League winner show today. He is Ben Wolby. I am Alex Caruso. Don't forget to tune in for another episode of the Fifth Down Fantasy Podcast next week and every single Tuesday at 2 p.m. until the season starts. But until next time, don't forget to keep chasing that upside.